You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network uh, for the beginning of something, uh, a pilot episode once again, as we begin a rewatch, which hopefully we will get through all the episodes of for a brand new show that is, what, 13 years old now. <laughs> And something I am so excited to do and something I've been thinking about doing since I even first heard of podcasts, uh, it's a show that honestly I would be lost with without it in my life. Um, a show that I've seen way too many times than one person needs to see and a show that is just begging to have a podcast, which why we're adding the list of 100 already out there. Uh, but we are the freshest one that exists so far. Uh, so, of course, we are talking about Lost, uh, the show that really took TV by storm when it debuted in 2004 and really became a pop culture phenomenon. And, you know, its legacy has shifted now and then over the years, but I think it's a show that is still highly regarded by a lot of people, which is why we want to cover it. And by we, I mean the two hosts that are here to talk through all the crazy twists and mysteries and characters and you might be wondering what's your name <laughs> and i would say noah <laughs> and my name is ben and i'm fine benny's fine by the way <laughs> uh you're gonna be the charlie of this uh, i'm podcast. charlie all the time come oh, on no i'm hurley so it's you okay. are everybody <laughs> uh so yeah we're here on lost and this is a show that i think Probably most people have seen at one point in time, at least the first season or two. Um, it's a show that, yeah, has a strong legacy, but also I feel like there's a bit of a, a shame towards being a big Lost fan. Uh, but I will hold the shame. I don't care. I, I still love this show. And it's a show that it definitely has a lot of flaws, which we're going to cover because I'm not going to be one of the fanboys who... I am a fanboy, but I'm not going to be complaining, uh, defending every single move made in this show. Uh, I think there's a lot in it that frustrates me and a lot that I wish was different. Um, but of course there's a lot more that I love. Uh, but yeah, Ben, we're doing lost. Are we? Oh shit. I thought we were doing desperate housewives. Fuck. Oh (laughs) God. I'm on the wrong show. Sorry. I'll get Colin. Uh, same era. (laughs) Well, basically, um, they both network shows on the same network. And I think they basically started at exactly the same time. So, um, can't wait to bring Desperate Housewives into this, but yes, no, I'm, <laughs> I am, I'm excited for this because, uh, I, I mean, I'm nowhere near as big a fan of Lost as you are, because uh, I think kind of when you and I first met and obviously got involved through Survivor-related activities, um, we established that your favourite show of all time was Lost, and um, and you know a lot about it, and I know I did a rewatch of this. Only last year, it was only the second time I watched it at the time, and just obviously messaged you constantly about it, and I kept saying to you, we need to do a show about this. <laughs> um, so we basically created the Oz Network for the sole purpose of one day being able to podcast about <laughs> Lost. Um, so uh, we could have really done that under the Survivor Oz banner. I mean, they're kind of the same show. One's a reality show, one's a, a, a drama. But um, Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the very basis of Lost before even any characters or something was because the sh- reality show survival was in its peak at 2004 well it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of it didn't the creators actually say that a lot of the basis for creating this was kind of like oh what would happen if survivor did this so like they actually they basically pitched it as survivor the drama 
And this right. was before any producers were attached or anything. It was the head of ABC. He said, all right, we need Survivor the drama. Um, so, yeah, there's a connection there. Well, I mean, we could have easily done it. And like, I'm sure we'll talk a heap about throughout this, uh, you know, if we last all 121 episodes, which we hope we, we're probably going to do them all this week, really, based on what <laughs> we uh, have nothing else going on in our lives. But, um, you know, a lot of the time we'll talk about things about parodies and all that sort of stuff. And obviously there was that really famous, wasn't a Mad TV one where they actually got Jeff Probst involved oh, in yeah. one of the lost parodies. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of is sort of fitting based on our background that we kind of do this. But, I mean, it's kind of like, as I've discovered... Uh, doing Third Watch, also available via the Oz Network, um, that obviously, you know, people assume our voices as Survivor people, and we obviously love Survivor, and it's one of our favourite shows, but I've never been backwards in coming forward and saying Survivor isn't necessarily my favourite TV show of all time, just like yours isn't Survivor either. So, it's kind of good for us to have these outlets that we can talk about our favourite, favourite, favourite TV show, and uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, like as you said, I... Yeah, I I've wa- I watched the show day one. The, you know, as soon as it was um, advertised, I'm like, I'm watching that shit. And of course, this was back in a time when you know Netflix and things like that wasn't a thing. You kind of had to watch them on TV, didn't you? So yeah, I mean, I I was hooked basically from the adverts back when adverts were really a thing that got you hooked, and not just YouTube videos. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to talk a lot because we've got 121 episodes. We're going to talk a lot about just the the history and the context of this show, but it really change television and we're doing a podcast on it now in 2017 um but this is like this was basically the first show to have like weekly podcasts about it people for a reason because there's just so much to dive into and uh even there was the official lost podcast this really changed the of moving just from tv and moving into more of a landscape of internet and this also had kind of web-based games and stuff involved so uh, i would say also i mean game of thrones is out there now but this was also maybe you could argue one of the last appointment viewing must watch live kind of tv shows out there where everyone had to watch when it was airing i mean there are a few but this was one of those last of that kind of era which was obviously would have been a big thing in like the 90s and stuff um but, yeah, there's a lot in context we can talk about over the series, but this was a very important show uh, for the six years that it was on, really. Yeah, and it's interesting kind of to correlate as well. I mean, obviously, we're doing Nip Tuck, also available via the Oz Network. I'm just getting all these plugs in out of the way right now. But, I mean, like, Nick and I, I know I've talked a lot about a Nip Tuck and kind of um, the era, because, I mean, Nip Tuck came out a year before Lost, and obviously it's, it, that was a sort of a show that lends itself very well to to binge watching this this whole idea of binge watching which is really coming into its for a sort of at this point in the in the noughties you know um and i mean obviously um one of the things i really notice about lost when you watch it back to back rather than week to week is that it it makes a lot more sense um but i think also you're very right like this is one of those very last uh i would say network shows that really yeah, is, a, is a week to week like i mean obviously you know game of thrones is still a it's on regular TV. It's still appointment viewing, as you said. But, I mean, that's obviously cable. I mean, the, the really post-Lost have been very few network shows that are, are this, I guess, you know, as you, I like the way you put it, appointment viewing. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting kind of as you were saying about how it's kind of one of the very first shows to have a podcast about it. Uh, typical us, again, as you said, we're 13 years too late to kind of get on the bandwagon. But, hey, look, better late than never. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, it really is kind of fascinating to think, and I'm sure I said we'll talk a lot about that. We've kind of, you know, talk a lot about that in terms of 
you know, Nip Tuck, how, you know, that kind of um, was one of these sort of real first shows on on DVD kind of at that time. And we, we kind of, I think, have referenced a lot in the past to something like 24, which obviously we're fans of that kind of was a few, few years before that. But this kind of took, I think, something like 24, you know, elements of these kind of shows. And you'd argue maybe The Sopranos was probably the first to do that, but obviously that's not network. Um, and kind of really ran with it. And, I mean, there really hasn't... I mean, it's kind of interesting, the Game of Thrones reference, because I, I feel as though Game of Thrones today is obviously that show that, like, everybody talks about. It's the biggest show in the world. Yep. Everybody talks about it from week to week. And, obviously, social media now is kind of the, the today's water cooler. But this was that show. This Lost was that show when it first started. This was the Game of, the Th- Game of Thrones at the time. The biggest show in the world. Everybody each week was like, what the fuck's a polar bear doing there? And what's the monster? Like, you know, it's just, this was the Game of Thrones of the mid-2000s. And I feel like that's something that for people who've watched after will be hard for them to kind of comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Because it it did, like, I love the show. I I can find redemption in all the seasons. Like, season five is brilliant. But the show really did fizzle out and it lost its reputation, no pun intended. Um, We're going to have that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that actually was unintended. But We're going to get so lost in these episodes, people. (laughs) Uh, so, So I think it's hard for people to kind of comprehend that coming in late, but it really was. It was the biggest show. It kicked off a whole new genre. These shows like... Uh, if you haven't seen Lost, but you've seen these shows like Heroes or Prison Break or mm-hmm. uh, what was it, Flash Forward? I was say, Flash Forward, I remember, was kind of the next big Lost, wasn't it? Uh, they had yeah, that one called The Event. Off. Do you remember The Event? The Event. Uh, there was that V. Um, yep. So, really, Lost kicked off a genre of style of serialized ensemble cast television, which, of course, it existed before. I mean... There's 24, and you already mentioned and stuff like that, but it really kicked off a new genre of what network television can do. And, um, but yeah, we talked about people coming in late. We should preface this by saying you can't really do a lost podcast without talking about future spoilers. I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose. And so, big spoiler alert uh, if you're watching this and thinking, oh, I'm going to watch along with the episodes. Uh, <laughs> Go back and download the episodes, the podcast from 2005, five, six, if you want to do that. Um, obviously, we're not going to be just constantly spoiling things that happen. The plane in- crashes, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, like we're going to keep it within the confines of the episode for the most part. But there's just so much and it would be a disservice for 121 episodes of this show to limit ourselves. So uh, just a bit of a warning there. Um, and I think we'll cover, though, like we'll be nice enough to say... Uh, Look, and I, I guess also, we're not, yeah, like as you said, we're not necessarily going to come out and go, this person dies, um, you yeah. know, don't get too attached to them. I don't think we're going to be dicks. I mean, Danny wins Guatemala, but, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, if you're listening to this in 2017, I would find it hard to believe that you haven't seen Lost, um, but maybe you've forgotten some stuff and that along the way. But yeah, It could we'll just be, be Catherine or Shedmeister who just downloads anything we put yeah, out and doesn't yeah. doesn't care what it is. They don't watch it. They just like the sound of our voices. So, yeah. And the fact that you're back on the show, they're just, like, getting even more moist. So, cool. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be covering all six seasons. Uh, but for the most part, we'll stick to the episodes. But that's just a warning. So, if you haven't seen the show, probably probably don't listen just yet. Watch the show. You could easily watch it in a week. If you Stop don't listening to us. Life. Watch Lost. It's better. Yeah. I think you could easily. I, I went to watch this first episode. I nearly finished the, the finale. I just couldn't stop watching it. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, so I guess 
we will get into the episode, but I think we should briefly, we kind of touched upon it, but just our background with this show. Um, so for me, it pains me to say this, but actually I'm a day two watcher. I didn't Ooh. start watching this show until pilot part two, um, which I just stumbled upon it, I remember. And I was quite young at the time. Um, me and my brother just stumbled upon it. It was on telly. We watched it. Um, and we'll get more into it in Pilot Part 2. I'll talk about the moments that really sold the show for me. But, yeah, we were just hooked from there. Hooked from day two. Hadn't missed an episode. I think we missed one or two. Well, not we. I. Most people dropped out. But I missed maybe one or two live. But the rest I watched all the way through. Um, fell absolutely in love with it. And, yes, yeah, so of course, I've went back and watched the Pilot Part 1. I've probably seen that episode more than any episode of the entire series. But uh yeah it's just it became such an important show for me it really was because i was quite young at the time it really was the first kind of show that i really got into like of course i watched other tv shows at the time but this was the first one that just really changed my whole way of viewing television and even though i find flaws in it still uh it's still so important to me as a as a media consumer or that sounds really knobbish but just as a (laughs) A fan of pop culture television, this was what started it for me. And just, it was so groundbreaking with a cast of 15 people, that, all sorts of different characters, and we'll get into, and mysteries that just kept me hanging, and funny moments, and romance, and drama, and action. Just had it all. Uh, so, yeah, from day two, pretty much, I've been watching and haven't stopped then. And since I've rewatched the series pretty much every year, I think there was one or two years I've missed out. Um, and each time I try and do something new. So two years ago or three years ago, I watched it and I had this book with me and I read along. There was like these essays. So I read along with the episodes. And then last time I watched Chronologically Lost, which is re-edited the entire series in chronological order. So that was a new experience. So now I get to rewatch it again with an even more new experience by podcasting along with it. So Having a dumb what- bum like me with you. <laughs> saying what was that thing what there's a pole so, band or a play uh, yeah so this show i've seen so many times and i'm sure there's someone who's a thousand times bigger lost fan than me out there but i like to think i know quite a bit about this show and i've really read so much about it and i really dug into it and every time i watch it i'm not just saying this every time i find something new in the series like and a question that i maybe had is kind of like oh that was actually explored or Hey, I actually like this character now. They have a really good story arc, so I'm really excited for this. I love how you, what did you call it, a consumer of media? You've been in Europe for a year. You've just become a snob. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's what they they call it in Europe, Ben. (laughs) Um, You call it a podcast. We call it an analytical radio show on television. Um, Yeah, I mean, as I said, our day one view, I mean, this is kind of going back on what I was saying before. I mean, 2004, obviously... Um, I mean, the internet existed. I think, honestly, uh, we just got the internet at my house when I was 17 in 2004. We were a late bloomer, our family, to getting it in our house. But um, I think it was more of a case of um, what came on TV in terms of commercials. And I, I would always get excited for, um, you know, the ads on TV, um, for what's coming up new. And I think the thing we're gonna, we'll are probably talk a little bit about too, which, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm sure you remember it. You're a bit younger than me. But um, I think a lot of people don't realise that, you know, this time in Australia... 
our TV seasons did not match with the US TV seasons. No. So our, our seasons would always start in about February, uh, whereas obviously the US seasons start in September. So we came into this uh, a good six months, five months behind the US. But of course, you might think to yourself, wow, that's absolutely crazy. But you've also got to realise that this is a time when social media wasn't a thing, you know, spoilers, things like that wasn't a big no, we deal. we didn't even really. know. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of would live in this time where it would be more of a word of mouth show. Like, oh, this is the biggest show in America. It's been kicking ass, you know, the last five months. So, I mean, that was kind of, it was an innocent time <laughs> growing up. Um, so, that's kind of, I remember watching it. And, and we, I have weird connections with this show um, and kind of just, uh, you know, a couple of big parts in my life because I remember when this started. It obviously started basically the same time as Desperate Housewives and you can make fun of me as you like. I watched Desperate Housewives. <laughs> I own that. I, I like Madonna, whatever. Um, <laughs> I've gone a lot gayer on this show since you left, by the way. Um, I can tell. Um, but, you know, I I had was just about to go off on my very first... Um, solo trip uh, without my parents. I was going on a friend to Melbourne and Sydney. Ooh, the big island. Um, and at the same time, we're also I was moving house for the very first time in my life. So I strongly connect lost to kind of this big moment in my life of that. And it's kind of weird to think about that. But I remember watching it day one, hooked straight away. Uh, I watched along with my dad. Um, and I think a lot of that also came on the fact that, um, you know, we were both huge 24 fans and kind of it had that similar vibe of like, can't miss it. You know, it wasn't a serial drama. It was, you know, as you were saying before, you've got to keep coming back each week to watch it. So kind of got hooked in and I watched it the whole way through. Um, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. It probably got to about season three or season four when I stopped watching it on TV and started downloading it. Um, we got broadband, so faster speeds. Um, but, um, and that was, that was still, you know, I was watching it as soon as it would come out in the US, um, right up into the finale. And I think from memory, I'm sure we'll get to that, but they live streamed the finale. Didn't they broadcast it on TV here at like five o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous? Maybe it was the UK. I'm pretty sure they might have done it here. I can't remember. Anyway. Long way away from that yet. But um, a, a funny fact as well, well, not really funny, but an interesting trivia fact about me, because I'm sure you want to know this, uh, I believe Lost was the very first TV show on DVD I owned. So um, it was either this there or 24 go. season one. I'm pretty sure it was Lost, because I remember I got it for Christmas, and I think I saved up and got 24 season one with my Christmas money a few days later, like a Boxing Day sale. So I'm 99% certain this was the very first TV show I owned on DVD. So there's a little fact. Because again, as we talked a little bit, uh, I think with Nip Tuck, um, you know, this was still when TV shows on box sets was becoming a thing. You know, obviously DVDs were really taking over in 2004 as the, the main form of media outside of VHSs. But I mean, again, put yourself back 13 years ago, 2004, uh, it was a, still a very new thing to have this on, on DVD. So, yeah, that's a random fact, but that's my life story on Lost. You know, Ben, I'm 99% sure that we have a, something in common there in terms of first DVDs, loans, <laughs> uh, TV shows. What, so. what was your first movie on DVD? I know my very first oh, movie on DVD. I bet you'll be different to yours. <laughs> God, I'm trying to even think. I think it could be uh, Tom Cruise's <laughs> Legend. Oh, okay. Mine was or, Charlie's Angels. Oh, <laughs> oh that wasn't that bad. Or I was maybe, 13. Actually, I was 14. Maybe 
it could have been the matrix also um, yeah a lot, a lot more proud of a movie to claim they're a man um, <laughs> yeah, a straight we'll, we'll man. go with that <laughs> uh, i actually recently rewatched charlie's angels not too bad second one still oh. kind of shit moving yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> charlie's angels coming soon to the Oz network no 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 no, no. <laughs> all right so we should get into this and i mean there's so much background to do and maybe if we get through all the series we'll do more of like a genesis type episode but really there's so many great dvd special feature documentaries out there and all of them are on youtube pretty much everything to appear on the dvds has appeared on youtube um so that's probably a better source to go back and read about the history of this show we touched slightly upon it um survivor the drama is how it was pitched but then it went through a lot of reinvention after that uh obviously jj abrams uh took took on this uh with damon lindelof um they wrote this pilot together in an insanely short amount of time and filmed it in an insanely short amount of time there's a great documentary making of the pilot um and together they made this pilot which they kept joking about ah this isn't going to get picked up we're just going to get a cool dvd out of this and uh abc even wanted them to kind of wrap it up in the pilot and like kind of come to some sort of conclusion in case it didn't get picked up but uh obviously as you see in pilot part two we'll get to that definitely doesn't happen um but yeah so this show happened 2004 they didn't know if it was going to be a hit obviously it did and i think one thing that really contributed to this being a hit was the first scene (laughs) because i'm just going to say it this is the greatest first scene in television history i can't think of a single tv show that starts out better than lost and for all the lost haters out there you can say what you want about the show and what what it turned into but i struggle to see any one finding flaws in this opening scene it is just amazing uh so obviously we open with an eye which will become a recurring motif in this season um and that is of our hero the man who can do everything the man who has no flaws at all and is Michael just... Keaton. <laughs> yeah, well, the one man who could have been Michael Keaton, but <laughs> instead was Matthew Fox, the esteemed Matthew Fox. Um, <laughs> it's our hero, Jack Shepard, uh, landing in the beach. But yeah, as Ben mentioned, uh, there was at one point a plan for Michael Keaton to play Jack, and Jack would have, in fact, died in the pilot episode. Um and then Kate would have become the main protagonist of the show. Um, but, you know, people bring that up and make it sound like, you know, Evangeline Lily and stuff like that. But this was so early on in the process that it's not even really a thing. Um, like, the Kate that was going to become the protagonist was going to actually be the Rose plotline of she had a husband who was in the tail section of the plane. So it's a completely different thing. But, yeah, Michael Keaton almost was Jack Shepard. <laughs> Um, which would have been kind of cool having the main hero get killed off, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, so we open with Jack. We see a little appearance of a dog of Vincent that we're going to see a lot of in this show. Um, spoiler alert, one of the characters that does survive all the way to the end of the show, I will say that. Um, they even said that from the get-go, the producers. The one character we definitely won't kill off will be Vincent. Um, they can never kill it. It's kind of like children and dogs never die, Yeah, you know. You can't kill off Vincent. Um, so then we have Jack running through the jungle. And I just I envy people so much who have never seen this show before who get to watch this pilot again. Because I would just, if I had 
three wishes, one of them would be to just erase loss from my memory just so I could experience <laughs> it again because just seeing this as the opening moments of the sh- show and then Jack runs out onto the beach, he looks one way and it's kind of you see the scenic, serene beach only to look and the camera pans and to just see a plane crash and just... I would love to get someone to watch Lost who knows nothing about the show and just for that, to see that moment. Uh, there's stuff flying everywhere. There's people screaming. There's explosions. Um, and I have to say, most TV shows would probably start Lost in Sydney Airport or start it in Sydney or on the plane and we'll be slowly introduced to the characters and there'll be a bit of mystery there on the plane and then there'll be a bit of a turbulence and you'd be wondering, oh, what's going to happen? Then they would crash on an island. Lost starts, bang, this is a plane crash, you're on the beach. Um, So it's just easily my favourite opening scene of any show and Jack Shepard jumps into action, our hero, Perfect Jack Shepard he running like around. condescending the way you say that. <laughs> Our hero. Yeah, we'll get to Jack Shepard um, <laughs> and my thoughts on him. Uh, but he's springing into action. He's trying to save everyone. He's going up to Claire. He's helping people, pulling legs out. Uh, fun fact, when they pull that guy's leg out of the wreckage and it's all bloody, they purposely had no blood at all in the scene until that moment just for the shock value of that. Uh, we've got some of our main cast. We've got Charlie kind of uh, high out of his mind, kind of stumbling around. We've got Shannon just standing there being useless, just screaming. Uh, we've got pregnant Claire there, uh, Hurley helping her out. Uh, we get a kind of brief appearance from Locke, who is really quick on his feet for someone who we'll get to in episode four. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just madness. And this is it's really like a film. This entire pilot is feels like a film. It's just so chaotic so much going on and it's such a great introduction to our cast um and of course we have still i think one of the most iconic deaths in lost is the guy sucked into the engine which everyone remembers that moment is just a big explosion and what i really love about lost is that this character actually has a name and a backstory and uh, this guy's name is gary troop and he was he was an author um of course he was and he's Actually, the love interest of Cindy, the flight attendant, uh, who gives Jack the two bottles. Uh, oh, iconic Australian actress, Kim Johnson. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Gary Troop, and in fact, his novel, Bad Twin, uh, in the show, well, not in the show, but in the lore of Lost, was actually released. So you can buy Bad Twin, Gary Troop's novel, before his untimely death in the engine. So. T- tell me you've read it. Tell, tell uh, me you've read it. <laughs> I own it. Oh, <laughs> haven't read it. I will read it one day, but apparently What's reading? it's got awful. Uh, we can do reading club and talk about bad Flynn. Um, <laughs> to learn to read first. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I just love about Lost. It was so much more than a TV show, and that we have that I can tell you the backstory of Gary Troop, the engine guy, is just something I love about this whole thing. And there's just there's so much depth to this show. Um, but yeah, this scene. I've got to hear your thoughts, Ben, but it's just such an iconic first scene and it's just flawless. I've only got positive things to say about this crash sequence and what a way to kick off a TV show. I just want to correct myself. Uh, iconic Australian actress Kimberly Joseph. 
Uh, I said Kim Johnson. That's a different iconic Australian uh, person. But uh, it's actually really funny, to be completely honest with you, just on that side note. I think they showed her in one of the ads in the lead-up to her being on the show. And like, let's be honest, she actually was, at the time, a fairly well-known actress in Australia. Uh, she was on Home and Away. I knew her from that. But I think she was... Anyway, we'll get to her. We're not actually Kimberly Joseph yet. We're talking about this scene. Uh, <laughs> just started talking about Lost. Let's talk about Cindy. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, I, I'm stretching my brain, the very small little thing in the top of my head, um, to think of a more iconic opening scene, at least from shows that I know. Yeah, um, kind of Breaking Bad, you would have to say, as an opening scene sequence, just on the, the like, the it makes you want to watch it because you're like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Just the way yeah, with the, great, but it the underwear the and the way they, you know, I, I still agree with you. I'm just trying to think of a few that you could maybe put up there as still great openings, but I'm going to agree with you 100%. Uh, one that I'm going to put left to field, House of Cards, just the way that sort of sets up the character of Frank Underwood uh, with the dog. Uh, I haven't but, seen it yet, unfortunately. Oh, okay, well. I'll get to it one though. Just for people who have seen House of Cards, um, that scene is just so perfect setting up his character. But the epicness, like as you were saying, yeah, I don't think there's anything that can easily touch Lost. And um, I think, too, with the show that everybody knows watching this, uh, that this is a show about survivors who have landed, uh, crashed a plane. Well, they haven't. They've been on a crashed plane on a mysterious island. That I think this is a perfect way of starting it. Because, like, as you said, a lot of shows were just, oh, you know, we're going to get on a plane, tra-la-la-la-la, nothing's going to happen here today, <laughs> is there? Um and I think that's kind of what makes it so good and watchable is the fact that you started off like this, you just bang, you're straight into the action, and then you just have, obviously, throughout this episode and throughout the entire show's run, these flashbacks, you know, which obviously uh, hook you into kind of the backstory. So, incredibly cleverly done. Excuse me. And um, obviously, yeah, like the opening sequence, like, with the eye and just kind of running through the jungle and it's all kind of so calm and here's, you know, our, our lovable hero... Uh, Michael Keaton, uh, sorry, Matthew Fox, who's just been on another bender hitting women because he's waking up with alcohol in his pockets. Um, <laughs> too soon? <laughs> I like Matthew Fox. I like Jack. I'm just going to have a few jokes here and there about him. Um, it's what we do. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's kind of, it's just the whole thing. It's just hectic because you're, you're with Jack. You don't know what the hell's going on. You're, you're literally living this entire scene through him uh you're seeing these people running around the beach and we don't know any of these people are going to be uh main characters i mean for all we know uh engine guy is going to be a main character and oh no he's <laughs> a great author esteemed author is dead what are we going to do um and it's just you know it's so hectic and kind of obviously you know we've got people screaming you know the blood as you mentioned and just the special effects as well is this still the most expensive television pilot ever filmed uh it's been surpassed it was for the longest time, uh, but I believe Boardwalk Empire, which I haven't seen, but I believe that's taken over. Right. Well, I mean, you you got you got to think the ambition though behind a pilot. That uh, do you know how much it costs to film the, uh, the first? God, I don't have the stats, but I mean, on that point, the uh, head of ABC was fired, and a big part of it was because he greenlit this show. It was so expensive and so mm. ambitious that. He was, it was, uh, he was, yeah, got fired not long after this. 
you got to just think about that. I mean, we obviously recently did Titanic and kind of, you know, talking about James Cameron and the ambition that he has to go to, to Fox to say, oh, I need you to give me all this money because I'm going to make this movie. And just, you know, the the panic that the, the network goes into thinking about, fuck, what are we doing? This is going to bankrupt us. And obviously at the time that goes on to become the biggest movie in the world. This goes on to become the biggest TV show in the world. And I'm sure there are plenty of failures out there that have never made it to pilot or have gone to a pilot and never made it to, you know, series run of these ideas of people in their heads. So, I mean, it's just the ambition of J.J. Abrams, who I guess that's that the first mention we've had of J.J. Abrams. He created the show, people. <laughs> well, the, the, I, I did mention he wrote it, but... Uh, oh, well, was he, is he officially the official creator or am I kind of forgetting a couple of the other creators? Well, <laughs> well, him and Damon Lindelof, but that's okay. one problem I have with the show is people give way too much credit to J.J. Abrams because... After about the fourth or fifth episode, he had zero to do with this show. He wrote All right. the season three premiere, and after that, it's really Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. But well, that's why I wanted to make sure I didn't piss any of the other guys off because I'm probably yeah, one of those side ones. Like, oh my god, JJ Abrams, and I think Damon Lindelof is more more attached to this show. But yeah, JJ he directed and wrote the pilot. He's the one I guess everybody knows. I'm not yeah, well, take away from Dave Lindelof and other people, but, but I guess he's the right. one who's this gone sh- on to, yeah. The show wouldn't exist if his name wasn't attached to True. it. True. And, I mean, he's obviously got a very high reputation, Star Wars, Star Trek. And he was coming just off Alias, which was a- here at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, but, um, yeah, look, I, I, I mean, just kind of just everything. I mean, the, the guy... I, one thing I'll say quickly about the whole Michael Keaton idea... Is, I mean, that would have been very unique for TV at the time. Because, I mean, again, I guess kind of, you know, we're still living in an era as we're kind of going off the back of, like, 24 and that sort of stuff where, you know, killing off main characters was still, like, huge shock value. Um, and I think this is something that we've talked a lot about on some of our movie episodes that, you know, there was a big time when killing off big characters was such a big thing. Like, I mean, we, we talked in Spider-Man how the reveal of, like, Peter Parker revealing himself as Spider-Man at one point was a huge thing. Nowadays, you just accept it. That's what happens in these movies. It's, it's very hard to shock the audience now. I mean, could you imagine if they actually had done that? Michael Keaton, esteemed actor, you know, not to take away from the esteemness <laughs> of Matthew Fox, but, um... You know, big, big name. Again, also still in an era of TV where it was very unusual for big name people to go onto TV. You know, Keith Sutherland being on TV was a big deal for, you know, 24. You know, we obviously live in a day and age where every big name actor is doing TV, more so than movies a lot of the time. So you get Michael Keaton, star of the show. No one would have expected that at all, would they? That he would die in the first episode. I mean, I'm just thinking that that would have been awesome as a shock value. Nothing is Michael right. Keaton. I like Michael Keaton. But it's just, it's just for the, the pure shock, you know, you're not going to expect that. I think it would have been- said that, it, it would have been different, a completely different st- style of show, obviously, if you didn't have yeah. Matthew Fox in it. I think it would have been a great moment in television, but also the reason they didn't do it, the execs didn't let them, and I really agree with it, is because they said, well, if you kill him off in the first episode, you're losing trust in the audience and... Uh, they're just going to not connect to any of these characters. And we'll get into Lost being a mystery show, but really this is a character show. Yeah, And if oh, for sure. you're teaching the audience in the first episode that, well, these characters that are getting flashbacks and stuff could be dead in three episodes, uh, they're really going to lose faith. And we've seen that with shows like Walking Dead where they kill them off willy-nilly. You lose kind of faith in it. Um, yeah, yeah. So oh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And you just have to think of the first major death in the show, which we're going to get to, is just such a big moment that really would have lost its effect. Um, but, yeah, it would have been cool. 
I think the one thing I'll say is that I, I think we're, uh, we're realising a trend here with the shows we're covering here on the Oz Network is we're doing very character-driven shows. I mean, you know, Third Watch and Nip Tuck, they're very much uh, based around, obviously, a job or a theme, but they're still very heavily character-driven. And one thing that I think Lost holds a candle over both those shows is Lost has a bigger yeah. ensemble cast and it maintains, for the most part a fairly balanced outlook on most of these characters, for the most part. Obviously, there are some big exceptions. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the one thing, too, obviously, I know you want to talk a lot about throughout this run, because I know you and I talked a lot about this when I was watching this last year, is the humour of Lost, which, I mean, I kind of, in yeah. this first episode, isn't hugely there. <laughs> but, I mean, just little moments where, you know, um, Jack's kind of like... To Boone, like, oh, your your training's really paying off, like, and it's like, oh, you go get me a pen, you find me a pen, and then like, what, five minutes later, oh, these are all the ones I could find, <laughs> like, just little things like that. Um, and can I just point out? Um, I'm sure this is something we can do throughout this. Who would we be in this situation? I think I'm definitely Shannon in this situation. <laughs> I'm standing on the beach screaming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, what a great first appearance uh, by Maggie Grace. She really steals the show. <laughs> um, I, I'm a cross between Shannon and Hurley because, I mean, looks-wise, I look more like Hurley and I'd be the one questioning every. Like, people would be yelling at me, Ben, do this, Ben, and oh, really, really, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not Jack. I am not Jack. <laughs> you do have to love the introduction of not just Shannon, but, yeah, Boone. I mean, it lasts his lifeguard and it's just... Right off the bat, we're going to get into Boone in his episode and stuff, but just right off the bat, like, him trying to be special and him trying to be the leader is just, like, completely getting shut down from the get-go. I love Boone. Can I just point this out straight away? I love Boone's, like, this just... There's, uh, in particular when it comes to the next episode, just like Boone is that guy who's just the everyman, like, yeah, I'm going to do it all. And everyone's <laughs> like, Boone, you, you're really not good at shit. Just like, yeah. just you calm down, Boone. Have a lollipop. <laughs> I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Boone and Shannon over this season. Oh, so. I, I Enjoy can't it while wait. it lasts. Oh, well, that's my, that's my thing I was going to say. Like, I think I said to you when I was watching this last year, they're so underutilised and there's so much there with them. And like... Yeah. Shannon, like, is an annoying piece of shit a lot of the time, but it's not Maggie Grace's fault. Like, she plays his character so well, and I just, I love the pairing of them, and I love the, the sort of the backstory with them and the big plot twist with these two. It's great. But, like, I just, to me, like, they are the most underused characters in Lost, and I'm so sad they don't stick around longer than they do. I'll just leave it at that. That being said, in the pilot, they're actually quite prominent compared to what yeah. they will be later on. Yeah. But- oh, for sure, they get forgotten in, like, five episodes of time. You're like, who? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the the crash sequence is just amazing, and yeah, I love that you mentioned the pens thing. I always find that funny, is because then he comes back and he's got like eight pens, and it's like, boom, she could have died, just one pen. <laughs> like, I love that he's saying like, oh, maybe we should do the pen thing. And Jack probably <laughs> never planned to do it. He's just probably like, yeah, yeah, get me a pen. And- is it explored where he's a lifeguard? Like, are they from California? Like, <laughs> yeah, they never, they never have the flashback of Boone getting his lifeguard. Uh, license like yeah. with the tattoos but um, yeah, i was gonna say we learn about people's tattoos but we don't <laughs> learn about this little subtle little reference that boone has in the pilot i'm a lifeguard you're like yeah lifeguard and we yeah, never I mean, learn about that anymore yeah well it's kind of funny because he's in like the wedding uh business so i guess maybe as a teenager he was doing some life i don't know uh, we'll get into boone more later on um but just i love the panic and craziness of this plane crash and then straight after we go into the 
kind of this montage. And over the course of this, we'll be talking a lot about the score because Michael Giacchino is just a mm-hmm. genius. And he scores big-name films now. Like, well, we talked about him in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think he did. And, um, yeah, we, we talked to him. Colin and I gave him huge props for that. And I think he did uh, lost uh, Jurassic World from memory as well, did he not? So, yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I, I love, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because... Um, the music in this is just, oh, oh, yeah, amazing. He is a genius. And just a small fun fact that makes me love this even more is for the pilot, maybe for, for season one, but I think just the pilot, obviously they reuse a lot of the songs, is they actually scored a lot of this with wreckage from the plane that they used. Uh, and that was a the, real plane too, wasn't it? Can I just interrupt you there? Just uh, like they, Didn't they dismantle a real plane? Yeah, I believe it was. Well, not the interior, like the seats and stuff like that, but uh, the exterior, yeah. Um, but I just love that they scored it using like banging on the plane and stuff like that. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, we go into this kind of montage of kind of the calm after the storm as people are kind of coming to terms with this as it's kind of, it's not getting dark yet, but the sky is kind of hazy and we've got this kind of brilliant song playing like this somber and it's just like, it's never ending the plane crash. And now we're here and, still coming to grips with it and jack's uh rumbling through the wreckage trying to find some sewing because uh i guess he's thinking he's gonna stitch a blankie or something uh, appropriate time <laughs> um, and jack blankie <laughs> he's a bit cold on the island um <laughs> coming that's the hidden episode the the background of his tattoos and what happened to jack's blankie <laughs> he's the linus of the lost group <laughs> But he, uh, well, we do have a Charlie, so, um, <laughs> but he, he runs into, oh, and, uh, Shannon is definitely Lucy, um, for Who's sure. Snoopy? Snoopy Vincent. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but Jack kind of runs off onto his own and we get shirtless Matthew Fox. It's only been 10 minutes. They had to do it. Uh, our hero, um, and <laughs> He's we so just had one of the most. <laughs> we just had one of the most iconic scenes um, in the plane crash, and right off the bat, God, this episode is amazing. We get another iconic scene as Kate and Jack meet for the first time, and you met. You talked about how we're seeing this through Jack's eyes and everything like that. What I absolutely love about this show compared to other shows is that these forty-eight people on this plane are strangers. Like mm-hmm. when. Jack and Kate are getting to know each other. That is when we are getting to know each other. Like when they've known each other for a few days, that's when we've been knowing them for a few days. Um, we're really getting to know them as the characters themselves are. Obviously, like Boone and Shannon, Jin and Sun know each other and stuff like that. Uh, but that's so, so cool is like when they say, what's your name, Jack, Kate? They're really meeting for the first time. All these characters are meeting. And my name's Saeed, my name's Charlie. So it's really cool, I think. Um but this is such an iconic scene, the first appearance of uh, Kate and Jack together. Uh, Evangeline Lilly, what, mm. her first major role <laughs> in TV, and we're going to talk about Kate because there's some bad acting by Evangeline Lilly in this first season, but for the most part, first major acting role, she blows it out of the water. Um, when you look like that, you can just you can act like however you want, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, huge praises to Evangeline Lilly. Um but basically, Jack wants a soda, his wound soda, and Kate, well, she sewed the drapes in her apartment, but nothing else. Um, <laughs> I don't buy it. Um, 
But one little bit, I don't know if you noticed, but when Kate comes running out, uh, do you notice she's rubbing her wrists? Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, now I didn't necessarily pay huge attention, but now that you mention it, I remember her doing it, if that sounds weirdly. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of cool uh, foreshadowing for the next part two. Um, and then uh, he convinces her to sew up his wound. And I love that she says, any color preference? And Jack says, no. And then he says, straight after it says, standard black. <laughs> well, Jack, that is a colour. Black is a colour. No, oh, it's a shade. Um, <laughs> Jack Shepard. Um, our hero. Our hero, Jack Shepard. Hashtag uh, our hero. And then we cut between the camp. It's kind of getting dark. We get the first meeting of Charlie and Saeed. But I just love Jack's kind of monologue here where he talks about the one, two, three, four, five. Uh, his story of his first ever patient. Uh, and he talked about, I, I just love, I've always loved the phrase, nerves just spilled out of her, like, angel hair pasta. That's always stood yeah. out for me for some reason, every time I watch this episode. Um, every time you have angel hair pasta, you're like, ew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, of course, this story that he tells, we will actually see uh, in via flashback in the season five finale. So, that's kind of cool, looking forward to that. Um, but this is just another iconic scene he, from his story, from their first meeting, the stitching, just not the awkwardness, but kind of the camaraderie almost that they have from the get-go um, is great. And just a little fun fact is that they actually intended for Boone's name at one point to be five. Um, so he would be like Boone the fifth and he would go by the name five. Uh, right. But then they changed it back to Boone in the script and they didn't autocorrect. So in the script, it then read when Jack's telling this story, he says, so I counted to five and I counted one, two, three, four, Boone. Because <laughs> they autocorrected all the fives in the script <laughs> back to <Wow>. Boone. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely adore this scene. Um and just a little quote where he's, he says to Kate, you're not running now, which is kind of a bit of foreshadowing as well. But what do you think of the first meeting of Jack Shepard and Kate Austin in Lost? One thing, I'm going to do this a lot. I think I have to correct myself. Um, Michael Giacchini, or whatever his name is. Um, he actually, th- thank you. Uh, he did the score for Spider-Man Homecoming. I knew it was one of the Spider-Man films. Oh, close <laughs> But uh, he, he won an Academy Award for his uh, theme on Up. There you go. I didn't realise that. Good for him. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, the the first meeting. Can I just point out, uh, just to reference this to Survivor as well, we know that Jack would be first voted out because you don't could be a leader straight away. Like, you should sort of hang back a slight little bit and just kind of, you know, interact with people. But he's been too bossy straight away. He's being targeted, First Tribal Council. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this this meeting, and it's, it's kind of interesting, like as you were saying about how... Um, this story that he's telling, we obviously uh, will see that later on. And one thing that I think a lot of people, and I think you far more than me will defend this, is a lot of people get lost a lot of shit because they say, like, oh, there's so many plot holes. They, they say one thing, like, they, you never get a, uh, you know, too, too many mysteries, never answers to the questions. And I think that this is a show that when you watch it really quickly, well, not quickly, but you watch it together, for the, for the most part, they pretty much cover it, and it's a very well-constructed show that yeah. you can have this very, you know, what are we, 15, 20 minutes in, and we're going to revisit this tiny little story. It's a blink-and-you-miss story five seasons later, and I'm sure that when you get to that finale, if you're not an avid, you know, fan of this show, you're like, oh, okay, cool, it's just a random flashback. But obviously, it's, you know, that this is how good they are at kind of keeping these things tight. 
Um, and then even like, is it, we, we get a certain point, don't we, when Jack says, like, remember what I told you when we first met? Like, isn't Yeah, we there get like- season three, episode seven. Yeah, well, God, wait, I'm very, you're very specific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Episode God. seven at the 12 minute mark. <laughs> I need a girlfriend. Scene three man. on the DVD. <laughs> You've been in Europe for a year. How do you not have one? Don't give me that shit. <laughs> I need a girlfriend. Well, I don't know why. It's media now. Coming into the Oz Network, Noah and Ben hit the town trying to pick up chicks. Uh, <laughs> there's a bad show. <laughs> I'd watch. <laughs> Better know a hit Tinder. <laughs> I'd watch. I wouldn't. <laughs> but Actually, I probably would not podcast about it. That's why I'm single. <laughs> but you're you're right. I do love kind of. I'm not going to call it fan service because that's kind of a negative term. But like, I don't think that's a negative term. I think that's. I think that shows. Good, like I think it's there's a there's a fine line between fan service and, and, and being loyal to your fans, and producing a show that is good enough to have loyal fans. Because I think, like I think you mentioned before about how you're not going to be one of these lost fans who you know is like, oh, everything's perfect. I think it's important for any fan of any show or movie to come into it and 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 realize that nothing is perfect, but to realize what it does. And I think that I, I mean I'm finding that talking about Third Watch. This is a show that I I love so much. And I can point out its flaws, and there are definitely issues with it. You're going to have that with Lost. You're going to have that with anything. And it, and that's not a, a piss take on your show. Like, let's be honest, if you had a girlfriend, you might love her to bits, but you're going to have flaws in her. <laughs> of course, but that's no one would have don't. flaws. <laughs> that's why I don't have a girlfriend, because I find too many flaws. But, um, but I think you know what I mean. Like, I think it's kind of a case of a show that can... can service its fans, but also not be dicky about it, because there are some times when a show just can be a prick about it, you know, oh, this, this, like, whatever, but I think kind of, it's it's, it's tight-ended Lost, and I'm sure we're going to pick apart different things that they don't necessarily tie loose ends with, but I think there are so many little references, and I really noticed this, because, I mean, you, I mean, kind of going back to when we said we watched, you obviously said you watched, like, every year, the rewatch I did last year was the first time I've fully rewatched it since it aired. So, this is only going to be my third viewing of the show, but even in that viewing last year, you can just, just the little references that they find so many seasons later and so many seasons apart and just tie it in so well. They're so good at, at the continuity of themselves. And I love that about, I love it when a show is good with their continuity. So, yeah. I, I just, yeah. Um, just I, quick I mean, shout out to Gregory Nations, who was kind of this guy who had the lost Bible and he had this huge book throughout the whole series and like if the producers ever needed to know something like oh greg can you tell us who exactly has the guns right now who has this gun and he would get out his bible and like that would have been a cool job to have but yeah i agree yeah. and i mean i, I mean that's one thing that i would nitpick about third watch is that they're terrible at continuity they literally changed the name of a major character's dead <laughs> wife from one thing to another in like three seasons like they completely forgot this major <laughs> character's dead wife so it's like um her name was that before and now it's like what? <laughs> like it's, it's it was so bad. Like it just this is obviously a network show when it really didn't pay to binge watch shows back then. But anyway, that's a different story. But um yeah, I mean this whole scene it's great and I, I'm I am so amazed at Kate in that scene. 
Because can you imagine being on a beach? You're meeting someone for the first time. Let, let's let's play this. Obviously, you know, there's a bit of sexual tension between Kate and Jack. You know, setting this up. Of course, there is. They're two very attractive people. There's got to be a bit of sexual tension. It's a TV show. Of course, it does. So you, you've walked up and like, here's you. Noah on a beach. Here's Evangeline Lily with a shirt off. And oh, oh hello. <laughs> and like, she says, Noah, I'm a doctor, but I need you to sew me up. Like, I'm like. I'm going to be a bit queasy in that situation. My hand's going to be... Let's go back to the fact that I'm Shannon on the beach. So, like, I've, I've never sewed up my drapes. I don't have drapes. I don't know what to do. So, like, what am I going to sew someone's wound? I'm puncturing Jack's lung. I'm killing him at that moment. I'm so bad in that situation. So, props to Kate for, like, being able to do that. Like, wow, all you need is a bit of vodka and a bit of flirting. Uh, and you can, you can do can't surgery. can't resist that Jack Shepard chest hair. Oh, who that can? glorious who Jack Shepard chest hair. <laughs> Our hero. Our hero's chest hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got nothing more to add. I think you sold it well. Yeah, so such a great scene that, yeah, you're right. This will really actually be re- revisited multiple times throughout the series, uh, this first meeting. Um, but so we move into its nighttime on day one, and it will be kind of cool throughout the series. We can track the days. Like, we'll be into season three, but it will be, like, only day 40 or something in the show. Um, uh, we have Charlie writing fate on his fingers, but as we will notice in the next few episodes, that that will turn into late, which I kind of really like. Um, we have kind of the first proper introduction to Shannon and Boone, <laughs> our favourite um as he's trying to give us some chocolate. Uh, I'll eat on the rescue boat! I'll eat on the rescue boat! <laughs> Didn't realise she was a little old lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we don't really know who they are, like their relationship at that this point, but we will learn next episode. Um, we kind of have a nice little moment of Hurley meeting Claire and giving two meals to her. I just love that little <laughs> added touch where he puts that second one down. It's great. Uh, we're introduced to Jin and Son briefly. We'll get a bit more of them in the next episode next part but they're not really huge factor in the pilot and there's a lot to talk about the fact that this show had characters like Jin and Sam but we'll leave it for a different time I think um I love the convenient plane shaped leaf that Jack has as he's demonstrating <laughs> the I think the visual is really great but it's just like that that leaf looks very much like it like did Jack's like get the needle out again and he was sewing up some like a very problem when i retell my stories yeah i I need to tell it because i need it accurate because i actually did some flying lessons kate and and then there's going to be someone in the background going that's not a 747 that's a 737 (laughs) but of course jack shepherd took some flying lessons at some point um i wouldn't expect anything less from our hero um He's a doctor, but he can fly planes. He can do everything. Uh, chest hair. He can do yeah, surgery. Vodka. Jack Shepard chest hair. Get uh, tattoos slightly in Bali. Alcoholic. Um, was it Bali gets the tattoos or is it Thailand? Thailand. Oh, can, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry. But let's not sorry. talk about that episode. Not that iconic episode. I better not get that wrong. <laughs> um, but I guess the major talking point here and the thing that probably, if the plane crash didn't sell it for you, I imagine this is the thing that really kind of sold it for you early on is everyone at nighttime pretty much watched the jungle get completely destroyed. Um, dinosaurs is what a lot of people were saying. Well, they crashed in Jurassic Park, right? They do know that. Yeah, I mean, they filmed it. So it was crazy that a lot of people really thought this was dinosaurs at the time, but, uh, and then I love Walt's quote. Is that Vincent? Yeah. <laughs> it's not you Vincent. Shit. <laughs> How big's Vincent, yeah, you idiot? Michael, it's not Vincent. That's not Vincent. Um, 
but yeah, just I love the shot of all the survivors just watching the jungle get torn apart, and uh, we'll get into like mysteries and that later on. But yeah, this is really the first major mystery because at this point it's a regular island; they've just crashed on the island. There's nothing to suspect this would be any different. I mean, I think there's an extra who said, "How do we know we're even on the island?" Or someone says that. Um, so this is the first kind of hint at. All right, this is something else. We haven't crashed on an ordinary island, and we'll get more of that in part two, but this was like... There's something destroying the island out there, and these people have to stay the night here. Um, so, yeah. Basically, that segment of the introduction of the monster um, and kind of... we got little character moments in there, too. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is what was the big selling point, I think, for me, and just like... Because, yeah, like, I mean, at this point, it's kind of just like, okay... Why have these people crashed? You know, and, and I mean, that sells itself in, you know, it's Gilligan's Island on crack, basically. It's kind of like, you know, oh, this is this is serious. How are they going to get off the island? But as soon as you kind of realise, oh, holy fuck, there's a little bit more to this island than just, you know, beaches and dead bodies. You know, I think it kind of, um, yeah, and that's what this episode obviously does so well is that, uh, you know, there's so many mysteries to it. And it's not just this episode, obviously, it's the entire um, season. But, yeah, I, I, I love the, uh, the just little things on the beach. Uh, is that where um, Shannon's painting her nails? <laughs> Just, you know, why not? That's next. Oh, no, I think this is this moment, yeah. Isn't that when Boom walks up and he's like, yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. chocolate or whatever? Um, th- there's a guy trying to get it. Was it? No, it's Boone, isn't it, on the cell phone? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Boone. Try to get the, the phone I mean, to be honest, you would do it. Of course you would. I mean, I mean in the kind of... In 2017, that phone would just work. You'd get it straight onto Facebook. <laughs> you'd be on Facebook. Lol, just crashed. <laughs> yeah, you'd be Snapchatting um, there. Yeah, Snapchat filter. The dog face. <laughs> <laughs> Boone definitely uses Snapchat. Yeah, oh, Shannon Boone. does. Shannon, uh, yeah, Shannon. Sh- Shannon's, a, Shannon's a Snapchat. She's got a, a, a subscription channel on Snapchat. Like, pay $5, I'll post a Boone. Uh, Shannon's one of those people, yeah, with Instagram where she gets, like, paid for all the... Oh, yeah, just like, here's a picture of me drinking a coffee. 48,000 yeah. likes. That's Shannon. <laughs> I hate those people. I love Shannon, but fuck you if you're one of those people who gets like 50,000 likes for putting a cup of coffee on your Instagram. <laughs> I put a cup of coffee on Instagram, I get negatives. I don't even know if that's possible on Instagram. It's like, boo, stop drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love her. I'll eat in the rescue boat. And mm-hmm. I love Hurley's line when he goes up to Claire, like, oh, any more uh, baby stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just, and this is going to sound really mean the way I say this, but bear with me. Hurley reminds me of you, but not because of the physical appearance. No, 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 no. Never because of the physical appearance. I just think his mannerisms and the way he's kind of like, the way he is, he just reminds me of you. He's like the way he acts. He's always reminded me of you. You can't just say the way he acts. (laughs) But just like his his personality and his mannerisms. You are Hurley. Not definitely. I'm bigger than you now. You're a twig now. You can't even (laughs) relate to Hurley. I'm like, Hurley.com, you're fucking Charlie with your body size, your little skinny mini. Okay. But, I, I, like, I love Hurley, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll take the compliment, but I will say I don't think... Co- I, it is a compliment, all right? I don't think I, I've ever said dude before, but um, <laughs> other than that, I'll take it. I like Hurley. Um, and I think He's one thing that, I think one thing that we obviously will establish a lot throughout this, uh, maybe not so much in the first episode, because obviously we're, we're rabbiting on here throughout this, but um, obviously we'll establish who are our favourite characters, who we like, who we don't like. Um, and probably we'll talk more about those in kind of these centric episodes on these characters. Um, but it's also very interesting, I noticed in this pilot, like you were saying about how, like, Sun and Jim we don't really see. 
we basically get no Locke in this episode. Like, Locke doesn't say a word in this episode, does he? No, well, that like, was a funny thing because Terry O'Quinn, they wanted him, but they, but I think it was Abrams or Lindelof basically said, all right, just trust us on this one. Please come along with the show. Because he was on Alias, I believe, or... Yeah, I think it was Alias, so they... He was, he's, mm-hmm. Before, I mean, he was in, like, the X-Files movies. I mean, you look at his IMDb. Oh, yeah, he, he was known, load but I think very well known guy, knew him yeah. from Alias. Um, and he basically said, please... I'm just going to tell you now, there's not a lot for you in the pilot, but if you stick with it, you will go on to become one of the most important characters on the show. And let's, and be, let's be honest, so, yeah, well, you would argue he ultimately goes on to be the most important. <laughs> one of the main stars, if not the main star, for a large portion of this show. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like mean, that he's kind of invisible then. Oh, so do, so do I. I. I mean, it's, it's kind I'm of it's, it's interesting. Like, to do the- yeah, and like that's kind of what I like about this first episode too. Is there there are plenty of people in this one that we, like even Sawyer. I mean, Sawyer doesn't get anything in this. Is the fight with him and Saeed in this episode or the next no, episode? That's the next one. But so, the I mean, pilot is Sawyer. kind of one episode, so Sawyer is in the pilot. But yeah, in part one, yeah, no. y- y- yeah. But so I mean, for sure, I just think um, I think that's what's done really well with it. So I mean, because at this point, obviously, our hero Jack and <laughs> you know Matthew Fox is kind of the center point for a lot of this show. I mean, he gets a whole episode on his tattoos, which are quite prominent in one scene in this episode. Episode, can we just point out? But um, yeah, I think that it's it's an ensemble show done well, as I mentioned before. But um, yeah, I, I like um, Charlie, like with the yeah the thing on his fingers. Um, and obviously, is this where Rose as well? Uh, we we haven't kind of learned her name yet. Obviously, the lady who didn't have the pen in her neck. Yeah. Um, is she like rubbing her um, her cross at this point? Is that am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's random little scenes that I like. I mean, obviously, that's not really a major plot point of the episode, but it's kind of it's just knowing. Obviously, you and I knowing what happens to these characters. I just like the fact that you kind of get these little things that once you've seen it, you know, like it's it's different when you're watching this first time and not having a clue, you're guessing. But the whole jungle sequence, yeah, like, I mean, I remember the lead up to where we eventually find out what is that monster. Like, again, you're just picturing in your head, what is it, a dinosaur? Like, it's just, it's incredible. And I'll be honest with you, when, and again, jumping ahead, when it was revealed what it is, I was very disappointed. I was like, what? And no one that? was expecting that either. Um, but now knowing what it is, again, it adds another unique flavour to knowing what that is as opposed to thinking it's, you know, just a T-Rex on crack or something like that. Well, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to watch back. And again, we don't want to go too much into, this is just the pilot, but... Knowing, and this is here, a spoiler, uh, knowing who the smoke monster is. Um, oh, spoiler, smoke <laughs> monster. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. But it's kind of interesting to then watch it. And I mean, I guess it kind of does make sense in the context of this show that that character that we come to know in the final season would be kind of not torturing them, but 48 new people just arrived on the island uh, who this smoke monster's kind of arch nemesis, you could say, brought them here. So I, in the context of the show, I guess maybe there's some flaws with that and we don't want to go into that now, but I kind of like that it does actually kind of make sense that I love it, in, the, That's the, in the early yeah. days he would be there on the first night. Um, but what I what I think I found, because like when I rewatched it last year, I kind of completely forgot about this whole last season battle and kind of what all brought them there. And I've read a lot of things since and watched videos about how people think it was just a sellout, they rushed through it, this was a bad way of explaining it, but... I actually just got that, that, like, again, going back to the continuity and connecting it all, I think that it works perfect sense. And there's a scene in the next part of the pilot that when Locke gets to speak, it kind of oh, just yeah. sells the whole show right then and there. Like, it's that's it. Like, he, he points out what the show's about. Yeah. And I think kind of like, like that, to me, sells it so well. And I think... 
I can't wait till we get to the sixth season. We're not going to at this rate because we're still on the first episode. Uh, but um, I, I, I just think that, yeah, just knowing how it kind of concludes, I just think it's so neatly wrapped in the way that is. And I've read conflicting things that this was always a planned thing, like there was always kind of going to be this storyline from A to B, and then obviously that what they had extra seasons that they were going to do and they had to put... I don't know, you probably know more in the background than that. But one thing that I remember knowing is that for the most part that this was pretty much written out from A to B, and there were a few things along the way that they had to change. But, yeah, I, I think to me it looks like it was written A to B, but I'm sure you can correct me on that. Yeah, I mean, it's not a debate for now, I don't think, because it's a big discussion. But we can get into a lot of what was planned versus what was made up as they went along, because it's a mixture of both. Um, but we'll definitely highlight that along the way. Um, but just moving on, we get our first ever flashback in Lost. This will become a recurring thing. Now it's just a one-off scene. It's Jack on the oh, but plane. But what a way to start with Kimberly Joseph! <laughs> yeah, uh, the star, Kimberly Joseph. Which I, the, actually, the I host, like her. I think she's. I like her too. I feel like I'm being horrible to her. I'm being sarcastic. But, I'm a um, Kim fan. And any any woman who hosted Gladiator's Greatest Hits on video in 1995 <laughs> is all right by my books. Uh, but again, yeah, going back to what I said, as soon as I saw her, and I'm like, oh my god, it's you know Kimberly. It's like, Kimberly. She was, it's Kim, it's TV's Kimberly TV's Joseph. Kimberly Joseph. <laughs> she seriously, actually, in Australia, and like again, we haven't even mentioned obviously the huge Australian connection to this show, which obviously we'll yeah, get we'll along, along a lot the way. In season one. But yeah, like I mean, for sure, I I honestly knew her straight away, and I think. Probably her and Grant Bowler, you would argue, are the most uh, recognisable Australian actors. Uh, I mean, because Emily DeRaven, Sorry, I know she's Australian, Emily. but, but well, well, she was unknown at the time, wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, we I remember watching this the first time going, oh, is she really Australian or is she just one of these Americans who can do a very good Australian accent? So, And let's be honest, there's no one in this show who can do a very good oh, Australian no, accent. So, not, not a single person. We'll get to We're that We're not well. from New Zealand. Listen to how we speak. This is not... New Zealand, all right? Uh, but we had our first flashback, and um, Cindy, TV's Kimberly Joseph. Um, <laughs> I like the little exchange. It's nothing much, but I like the kind of... But can I just say, I want to fly oceanic air. Uh, I've just you come do? back from a lot of... Well, not the crash part. <laughs> I've just come back from a lot of like flights and stuff, so I've got flying in my mind, and... This is looks like the most spacious airplane with like. I know there's no one up. on this plane. Yeah, big comfortable seats, not even in first class, and the worst flight attendant uniforms. They've just whacked on a blue <laughs> business shirt from Big W. <laughs> they're giving out free drinks, and even with Charlie, she comes up, checks on him. Do you want a water? We'll see you next uh, episode. And I want to fly Oceanic Air, but um, one kind of nitpick I've always kind of had was like, why is Jack not in first class? Like. He's like a spinal surgeon, one of the top. He's still Jack from the block. He hangs out with the, the, the folk, you well, know, the no, man. But then that was kind of a nitpick I had. But then something I didn't know until I read a few days ago is there's actually a cut dialogue where Jack explains that he gave up. Of course, our hero Jack gave up his seat <laughs> in first class for someone who, an old lady or something. Um, so it's cool that they at least thought about that. Um, but obviously, you know, Michael Keaton wouldn't have. Michael Keaton would demand. <laughs> was, if I'm this character that kills off, I sit first class. That's why he's not in the show. He was flying first class. He's long. Yeah. Um, he was Birdman. He flew off. But yeah, not a lot in this first flashback, so not a huge amount to go into. But I do like the exchange between Cindy and, of course, keep an eye on Cindy because we'll be seeing more of her throughout the TV's season. Kimberly <laughs> Joseph. TV's Kimberly Joseph will be in the final season of Lost. Um, 
Can I just, I just really quickly point out, uh, so I know we're going on here, but I, I mean, I've obviously done that route a long time, a few times, Sydney to LA. Uh, and I, actually, no, I, I'll, I'll correct myself. I've only done it once. I've done mainly Ma- Melbourne to LA. But I remember last year when I flew Sydney to LA, I think my tweet, uh, my Facebook post was like, oh, I just rewatched Lost, so I know what to do should we crash. <laughs> um, so, And then um, even later on at the end of this episode, uh, when the pilot says, oh, we're going to turn back to Fiji. When I flew Sydney to LA, I actually connected in Fiji. So there's so many like, holy shit, I could have been on this <laughs> island. But um, I, I mean, the amount of times I've flown to LA... I have never been on a plane with that much space on it. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yes, I'm with you. I'm like, I've been on a cramped plane for 14 hours from Australia to Los Angeles. Never had that amount of space. So, yeah, lucky Jack. Um, and, uh, yeah, you only... I, I recently got the chance to luckily fly first class on one of my times, and they give you free alcohol there, but you don't get free... You get free beer and wine, but you don't get free spirits uh, in cabin. So, uh, yeah, Jack uh, and flirting with TV's Kimberly Johnson. Uh, J- Joseph, whatever. <laughs> Wrong Kim, damn it! <laughs> Tell me Kim Johnson's in this at some point, too. Um, survivor, celebrity survivor's Kim Johnson. That's where I'm getting confused. Um, yeah, so, yeah, very lucky on this plane. Except for the whole crashing part, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should note out, did you notice, uh, Jack's seat number should be noted as well. Uh, seat, uh was seat number- in episode three, number seven that I didn't see as well? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Seat I did number 23, it. uh, as we'll get into oh, like a certain four, set of eight, numbers. 23, um, yeah. you know them off my heart. Anyway. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And part of the reason why those numbers were chosen for, they looked at important numbers from the past, um, and then, of course, there's Rose. A lot of Rose in the pilot compared to the I like rest Rose. of the series. I like Rose. The, fu- the Fugitives Rose. I just watched The Fugitive recently. She's in that. She's in lots of things, Rose. Yeah, she's in like one of those ones that's in everything. Um, but, yeah, a lot of Rose in the pilot. Uh, I like their discussion as well and a mention of her husband. Oh, what will happen to her husband? Oh, uh, can we just be honest with a plot twist with her husband later on? Like, that is a... Yeah, anyway, jumping ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, you know, the whole thing with Locke about black and white and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good, good reference. See what you did there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, first flashback, we get to see the first part of the crash. We'll see more in part two. Um, I love this little in-joke that comes up next when they're back on the island. They're talking about, what was that sound? They're talking about the monster. And some, one of the extras in the background says, oh, it's really familiar. And someone else says, where are you from? And she says, oh, from the Bronx. Did uh, you say the Bronx? I thought, I swear somebody says I'm from France. <laughs> no, the Bronx. Oh, it's the Bronx. <laughs> oh, often confused France and the Bronx. So. <laughs> Very easily confused. You've been um, to France, I've been to the Bronx. So <laughs> We'll cross compare. Um, <laughs> but the really cool in-joke fun fact is the actual ticker ticker sound of the smoke monster is... Uh, New York City taxi cab ticket kind of sound. That's what the sound actually I is. You when I was in New York, it sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, like you're like panicking when you're in the cab. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a cool little in joke. Like familiar sound. Where are you from? The Bronx. So yeah, there you go. Um, we have the first appearance of Kate forcing herself to come on the treks that they go on. We'll see a lot of that. Throughout Say that again. All I heard was we heard the first appearance of Kate forcing herself to come. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where are you going with this? Well, our hero, uh, Jack Shepard, not performing too well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> 
but she's coming on the track, forcing his first appearance of Kate forcing herself to come on the track. Um, <laughs> and I, I love this scene where she gets the shoes off the dead guy because they didn't need to show this, but I just love the kind of it shows how grim the situation they really are yeah. in. And, like, it's just a nice little touch. Like, there easily could have been a deleted scene, but I just love this, like, little moment of... It's just so, like, like eerie almost and, like, just grim. Um, and then this is when we have the introduction of the Locke father. Uh, Locke with his orange. <laughs> I, I didn't get the Godfather thing there, but it really does set up this mystery of Locke that we won't really explore until episode four. Um we have the great sequence of Hurley coming up uh, and talking about uh, in the fuselage and there's a group of them and he goes, we should deal with the... Look, sees that Walt is sitting there and says, B-O-D-Y-S. That's why you reminds me of you because I know you can't spell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where you got it. Yeah, that, that scene right there. <laughs> and I love, like, Michael. Michael's pretty great in this episode. He's like, what are you trying to spell, man, buddy? <laughs> I love Michael. Michael, to um, me, the thing I'll just quickly point out with Michael is that once you watch the bloopers, you really do look at Michael a different way because <laughs> Michael is so funny in the bloopers. Yeah, I think Harold Perrineau, he seems yeah. like such a stand-up guy. Him and uh, Daniel Day Kim. Oh, those two Daniel always Day come Kim. off of me as just really fun guys. I, I love well. Daniel Day Kim so much. Like, oh, I yeah, can't wait till we get to him. I want to be in Hawaii hanging out with Daniel I Day I want to be, like, um, best friends with Daniel Day Kim all day long. Him and Evangeline um, Lilly, but for different reasons. <laughs> uh, we have Jack coming up to the group and giving instructions to Boone. Um... And, again, we're talking about Boone a lot more, but I love his kind of short story arc because he really started as trying to be Jack. He's He even looks like Jack. He's like the, I want to be the hero kind of thing. But then he shifts kind of more to Locke, as we'll see. But kind of Boone was the second guy for a short period. Um, and then Charlie also comes along for a reason that we'll see in part two. Um, and, you know, at this point in time, this cast, like... Uh, Matthew Fox, he was in the Party of Five, which was big in the 90s, so he was kind of known. Terry O'Quinn was quite known. <laughs> Sorry, Party but... of Five Oz, never coming soon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but what I really, I think the biggest draw card here really was Dominic Monaghan, oh, yeah. uh, who plays Charlie, because this was going off, well, I think the last Lord of the Rings was 2003, and mm-hmm. this was 2004. Yep. Um, biggest films in the world at the time, uh, still uh, so he was easily the biggest name, I think, going in. Of course, Matthew Fox, Terry O'Quinn. There were some of these names. Eventually, was the first time. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kimberly Joseph, Emily DeRaven. Um, <laughs> so I think it, uh, Charlie's character we're going to get into, but he kind of fizzles out a lot after halfway through the first season and doesn't pick up until the end of season three. But we're going to see a lot early on that they're going to be utilizing Dominic Monaghan because... He's a he's a known guy. Everyone recognised his face going into the pilot. Um, Which is weird because so he he's one of these ones that's really done not much afterwards, is he? Like I feel no, like you don't see him in anything since. Yeah, he had Lord of the Rings Lost where he's two big things and then he was in Flash Forward. So, you know. He was in um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, the, so we'll kind of see these three, the main character, the main female, and then the biggest star at the time going off. Um so maybe I'll just cap it there if you've got anything to add to those little sequences and then we'll 
play out the rest of the episode in the next bit. But do you have anything to add with those little bits? Not really. I mean, Kate's uh, constant coming in the jungle uh, sold it for me, really. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of it is interesting to to note that, like, I mean, as you were saying before, like, you wish you could go back and watch this and not know who these people are. But I mean, it's I I, I I've always hated Lord of the Rings, so I mean, I knew who he was. Uh, but, I mean, to me, it wasn't like, oh, my God, it's fucking Bilbo Baggins or whoever he was in... <laughs> who was he? He was Merry. Or who wouldn't be? Um, I mean, <laughs> if I was in a big blockbuster film, I'd be quite merry too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good for him. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of... It's weird because, like, one thing that we talk a lot about in Nip, Tuck and Third Watch is those are two shows that kind of really... The actors have really not gone on to anything since. It's There's a few exceptions. And I feel Lost maybe has a bit of that too with some of these actors, particularly the main, main stars, like Matthew Fox, um, <laughs> yeah, domestic abuse charges and buses. Like, I mean, what, what has he really done? Uh, but I mean, we'll obviously talk about that, but I mean, it's interesting kind of like, I mean, you look at, you're talking about Boone, like Ian Summer, was it Summer Howder? How, how, Hader? Holder. Again, name pronunciation. I'm terrible with it. You know me. Uh, I mean, he's obviously gone on to big, big things. Yeah, I, he's I, a heartthrob. Oh, well, I was about to say, I have a, a, I had a very close friend. That's anyway. Um, and she was like, you always had that one celebrity you're in love with. You know, I mean, mine clearly um, is Matthew Fox, and uh, <laughs> as is yours. Um, but I mean, hers. Like, she was so obsessed with him, and it's kind of like, oh, I love the Vampire Diaries, and it's like, well, he's Boone. You know, to me, he's always Boone. Um, and it's kind of interesting, like you were saying, he's like the number two to Jack and kind of Jack's being portrayed as like the sex symbol. And I guess, you know, as I said, there's a love interest in this and there'll be a love triangle as there always is with this sort of stuff. But, you know, as, as I mentioned to you before, I've turned a little bit gayer since you've been away in Europe and this would be clearly why when I say things like this. But, but to me, Ian Summerholder <laughs> is the much more attractive one out of the two of them. <laughs> why am I saying this? I, I, I start saying it out of my mouth and I just can't stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, Maggie, Grace, Maggie, Grace, Evangeline, Lily, Kim, Kim, Joseph, Kimberly, um, Joseph, TV's Kimberly, Joseph. Oh, she's she's a looker. She is. Uh, she really is. She oh. rocks that tacky uniform. Remember how good boobs are. Um, but like, yeah, I, <laughs> I <laughs> like Boone. I yes, Boone. I really like Boone as a character, not just because he's hot, but. <laughs> Um, I will say I do like the scene with Locke and the orange. I've just always liked. I want. Is there a gif yes. of that available? I just love the way he kind of like he opens his mouth. It's just a look on Kate's face. It's not it's like so she, like mysterious and just like what is happening. But like, why does she have to have that look? Like think about it. You're on a beach. You've just survived this crash. You're all shitting yourself, and he's kind of quirky old guy flashing his <laughs> orange guns. Just if you're gonna be like, who is this man? Oh, mystery. You're gonna be like, ah, funny. I'm gonna go sew up a, a our hero or something like that. But yeah, he's just old. Gummy Joe. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have to be mysterious. Exactly. I mean, at this point, he's he is he's old Grandpa Gummy Joe. <laughs> but uh, I do like uh, I like um, Jack's constant hero mentality of the shut down the woman who wants to come on a walk with me. Me gruff man. No woman come with me. I'm you like, show me where the smoke is. Yeah, exactly. I hang out with old Gummy Joe. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Hashtag old gummy Joe. Oh, <laughs> uh, little do we know how important he will be to this show. <laughs> old hey, gummy- I mean, he was in a wheelchair. Oh, oh spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the plot. Move on. <laughs> um, 
you know, it's something this show will do occasionally <laughs> on along the way. Well, um, we seem to have constant hashtags on our other rewatches. So, you know, we have hashtag Paul Matt and where's Annie on Nip Tuck. So we've discovered our first one, hashtag Old Gummy yeah, Joe. Old Gummy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the gif. Um, <laughs> so moving on to the track of uh, our hero, our hot female lead and our famous hobbit, um, we have them walking along this great scenic uh, kind of open field. They will use this kind of location a bit. Um, and we have the kind of the introduction of who Charlie's character is and uh, cocky old Charlie. Uh, Kate, you look familiar. Yes, do you think you've seen me? Yes, <laughs> and, uh, you all, everybody. You all, everybody. <laughs> and then just we talked about the humour and, yeah, the pilot is lacking a bit compared to later, but the when Jack, serious Jack, hero, comes and Charlie's like, have you ever heard of Drive Shop? And, you are, everybody. You are, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Just Matthew's rock staring down. Um, and kind of a fun fact is you'll notice that this version of you all, everybody, really doesn't sound like yeah, the later that. version that we go. And because that was, this is a pilot, and they didn't even know if this show would get picked up, so they basically had to say to, they had this one line, you all, everybody, and so they basically had to say to Dominic Monaghan, just sing, sing what you think the song would be, because they didn't know at all that there would be a flashback episode with you all, everybody in it, so uh, that's why it doesn't sound really anything like it. but we've never heard the full version of You All, Everybody. So maybe this is like a second chorus or something that we never heard. Uh, yeah. The 20, 2004 <laughs> so got, remix. Yeah. Uh, we get to hear about Drive Shaft and we are still a band. Um, and we talked about continuity and how you were praising it. He says here, The Ring, second tour of Finland. Um, yeah, keep note on that because I'll have some things to say about continuity later when we get to the season three episode, Greatest Hits, that actually has an explanation for this ring that's different to Second Tour of Finland. But anyway, that's just me being a nerd. Nerd! Um, And then we get Snoopy looking on or Vincent looking (laughs) on, which is just great. I love Vincent. Um, TV's Vincent. (laughs) TV's Madison was the dog's name. TV's Madison. Um, And then we get the end of the world reign with just old Gummy Joe just not caring at all. He's just looking on. And just adding to the mystery, or maybe he just can't walk out of the rain. Still getting used to his legs, and no one will help him out of the rain. Um, So we get this really apocalyptic, epic kind of dark shadow, but it's the middle of the day. I just love this kind of end sequence. And they arrive at the cockpit. Um, We have them climbing up, which is great. And like you, you kind of said it in the intros, just Charlie keeps saying, you know, what a Charlie, Charlie's all right. Charlie's here. Um, and then later on, he says, like, yeah, Charlie is fine. You screamed out Jack, but Charlie is here. Um, he's kind of being a dick, but he does have a point, I think. Uh, that's like, me. That is honestly me in that situation. I'm there, the one lo- noticing that Jack and Kate are all like, ah, ah. And I'm like, hello, I'm here. Charlie. Yeah, I mean, he's being a dick, but he has a point, I think. Um, I think so they a arrive- huge point. Like, I'll get to that. Sorry. <laughs> They arrive at the cockpit and they meet the pilot, which don't you love that there's a TV show with the first episode that's called Pilot that doesn't just have the meaning of the TV definition very, of Pilot? It's very meta. I think that they yeah, do that I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't called like Engine Sucked Guy, the author or something like that. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, 
so we meet Seth Norris, who is the pilot of Oceanic Flight 815, um, who's played by Greg Grunberg, who we'll see in Heroes later on. Every single J.J. Um, Abrams production moving yeah, forward, well, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he was an old friend of J.J.'s from primary school or something. Star so Wars The Force Awakens, Snap Wexley, of course. Oh, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, Snap um, Wexley. I've got, a, I've got his action figure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is Snap Wexley. There probably really is a Snap Wexley action figure. I mean, there's an action figure for everyone yeah, in Star Wars. I, I so. don't doubt. <laughs> um, but here is where we learn... This is where kind of everything gets serious, where we the pilot tells us that no one could see us, the signal was down, we tried turning around, uh, and we learned that they're actually looking for us in the wrong place. So... We were just being introduced to the island. We got to introduce to the monster, but now we know that this is not a show where people are going to be rescued anytime soon. Uh, and it just adds this kind of layer of defeat. Like the weather is like apocalypse, and no one is looking for us in the right place. Um, and then we get the epic moment where the monster takes the pilot out of the plane, which is just again like at this point you can't think it's a dinosaur like what is this thing it can like get up into a plane drag the pilot out it's really intense moment um and they escape the pilot uh, the cockpit and we have kate counting to five uh or counting to boone um <laughs> which is kind of great it's such an intense scene the rain is epic it was artificial rain that they made and i just love the imagery of the it really feels like a film um and then we, Charlie and Kate are reunited and they go, they're looking for Jack, they look down, they see the kind of badge, they look up and just a really gruesome, especially for network TV, is a really gruesome image of the pilot being absolutely annihilated. Like, this is definitely not Vincent. Whatever killed this guy <laughs> is something we don't want to mess with. We just got Walt in the background. It's Vincent! <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, shut so, up. <laughs> so if you, if you're a huge Greg Grunberg fan and thought, oh, he's going to be joining the cast as a pilot, uh, no, nah, he's gone. We will see him again later. I'm trying to remember. There is a deleted scene with him, but I'm trying to remember if he's in actual season four the show proper. <laughs> no, he's definitely not in that one. I'm, I, w- I wouldn't name the episode, but <laughs> you'd be like I've that already... episode features this bit. Don't be silly. <laughs> yeah, um, Jin and Son, but. Oh, oh no, that's a Michael one. That's a Michael nerd. one. Yeah, I know. I'm um, just doing that Homer Simpson. Was that that one where he's like, nerd? <laughs> that was a good Homer. Um, was it? <laughs> well, it was okay. <laughs> Thanks. Pilot. Monster Eats the Pilot, as Charlie will later name one of his songs for their planned comeback album. Really gruesome way and a great way to end part one of the pilot. I still view them both as one episode but for the purpose of this i think it's best to cover them in two because it's just i feel like we're already rushing it um we're <laughs> talking for a lot um so yeah uh monster eats the pilot uh and we end part one of the pilot and with, the with a really gruesome image with the pilot <laughs> the pilot 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 um uh, i've just clarified there is a snap wexley um action figure <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you get it with the first order snow tro- snow trooper. So there you go. Um, oh, just, two for one. Yeah, it's one of those double packs. So there you go. Get your Snap Wexley action figure via Amazon.com. Future sponsor of the Oz Network. Um, yeah, I love Charlie. Charlie, seriously, like he really does have a point to be a dick in this moment because, like, literally, Jack and Kate are just fawning all over each other here, and like you know when they're up in the the cockpit, they're all sort of like you know literally no one is giving a shit about Charlie. So it's kind of like, well, you know, poor, poor rock star. 
Um, and I, I love what does Kate say? Like my friend Beth would freak. Well, give me, give me Beth's number. <laughs> yeah, smooth, Charlie. <laughs> like that. That's again. That's me. <laughs> I've got a fan. Give me her number. Um, have friends. Uh, do I have friends or what? Or or Kate does, does Kate have, friends? have friends? Oh, uh, well, I mean, she's. I mean, hello. Look at her. Uh, who's Beth? Where's the Beth? I'll be episode? Beth. Can I be Beth? <laughs> I want to be her friend. We can maybe, like, you know, change in front of each other and stuff. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> that really was awkward. Um, but, yeah, like, the rain. I, I, I know you and I have talked up weather before. But, um, <laughs> I love rain. And, like, this rain is... I want to be in that rain. Um, that looks amazing. Uh, I've been in rain similar to that when I've been in Queensland and Malaysia before, but um, not quite that, like, apocalyptic. Um, and like the location in terms of the jungle, like, I mean, I've, we'll talk a lot about this night throughout it. Like, I mean, I've recently come back from Hawaii not that long ago. So I saw a few locations for Lost and there's this part that I went to that you legitimately are there. You feel like you're in Jurassic Park or you feel like you're in Lost. Like, it's just amazing. You see why they use it to film these, you know, shows and movies. But, um, yeah, just like the feel of it, the, the jungle, like, it's just, it's just epic. Um, and then, yeah, the, just with the plane, like, um, I love it when, like Charlie like disappears and the way he just like pops out of the bathroom it's like what are you doing in the bathroom what <laughs> like me I, was I in the bathroom <laughs> you, you talking about what um and yeah the, the the jump scares though in this are kind of there aren't they like when they're banging against the door and the body just goes oh, huh. and then um the guy when he wakes up <laughs> but can I just point out this is post 9-11 aeroplane if they could just bang it open with a fire extinguisher Kind of got to fix those doors up, folks. I think uh, Al-Qaeda might have been watching this in 2004 thinking, oh, we can steal another one. <laughs> um, but anyway, don't make 9-11 jokes, Ben. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, as you were saying, like, you know this show is going to be different. Like, you know, they're way off course and just the way that kind of it rips him out of the plane. It reminded me a bit of Jurassic Park 3. Uh, but, you know, clearly that's what they were referencing here. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, but... Yeah, just that scene at the end. And I love it when they're, like, running through the jungle. And it's kind of what a trope, isn't it, where they hide in those, like, bamboo sort of prison-looking yeah. uh, bits. And obviously, you know, Charlie... The one thing, like, is it ever explained properly? Like, correct me here. Like, it seems a little bit weird how Charlie trips, Jack goes back for him, then Charlie all of a sudden appears. And I know they're kind of building up this tension, like, oh, fuck, is it Jack in the tree? But, I mean, it, it, is that ever explained what Jack actually does? Because, I mean, it kind of does seem a little bit weird. I know he explains it, but... I mean, this is the show where you're kind of thinking, like, oh, what's Charlie doing in the bathroom? And we're thinking, like, oh, is Jack evil and working with the monster? Like, I mean, he's <laughs> our hero is really a double agent. I mean, this was, again, J.J. Abrams, one of the three, um, you know, from Alias. So, I mean, I don't know if that's just me or not, but, yeah. I can't say I thought too much into that. Okay, well, clearly that's just me. We'll ignore that. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, Charlie kind of has the distinction of basically ending both of these episodes with a bit of a one-liner, doesn't he? Like, he, yeah. even in the jungle, he's like, terrific. And what does he say at the end of this episode? Like, how does something like that happen? And obviously, the next episode, he kind of closes it. I don't know if that was deliberately a thing there, because he's Dominic, you know, Frodo Mary, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that line when Charlie says, like, I heard you shout Jack. I'm Charlie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, second, second instant. Um, but, yeah. Remember the- Charlie? from Drive Shark. <laughs> <laughs> you are, everybody. Uh, that's going to get stuck in our head in that episode, isn't it? Yeah. It's stuck in my head right now. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, but um, I don't really have much more to add. I think I've said what I needed to say and try to be funny. So, there you go. 
Um, okay. Rest in peace, Nat Wexley. <laughs> End of part one of the pilot. And I like Seth Norris, the pilot. He's cool. Um, and, of course, they get the transceiver from the pilot, which will play a part in the next episode. Um but yeah, that's the end. I, I view the pilot as w- one episode, but I think this is, uh, you know, it's still separate. It was aired on different days, so I think you had to look that up because I thought they aired this back to back. And I think they might have been Australia from memory, but obviously in America they. Well, didn't. no, because remember this was the first episode I saw. Oh, okay. Two. Never mind. <laughs> Correct myself. Um, but yeah, it's, I still view it as one. It was made as one. And it's written as one. But yeah, this is the end of the first act of it, and I think it's really cool. Um, so that's the first one. We we so much we could have covered. This episode could go for four hours. Um, <laughs> really but, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was. Like, I feel like we rushed it. We didn't even get into a lot of the characters. But we've got 121 hours of this to really dive into it. So we may go back and talk about things in the pilot later on as well. Um, so. Before we get into like the ratings that we do of these episodes, um, I think we talked about off air this kind of idea. There was this huge thing about Lost is it's a character show, but undoubtedly it's a mystery show as well. And mysteries were a huge thing that hooked the fans. And a big thing that people complain about is yeah, they didn't answer any of the questions or mysteries. Um, and Ben, you kind of touched on it. Well, they actually did quite a lot of them. So I thought it would be fun if we actually kept kind of a a list along the way each Ooh. episode of some of the main questions that come up um, Good thinking and we'll, we'll create like a table or whatever. And then we can, as the episode go along. So I'm thinking we can call this segment questions and answers or something like questions that. Questions um, and answers. Um, obviously there's no answers. Yeah. That's the theme. Don't, we don't need not- theme. Don't, we don't do that on double or seven and you were going to turn that into a no, song. Our right? theme is just, <laughs> Oh, we didn't even talk about the epic opening to this. How did you? How did we skip yeah. over that? Well, One we'll, of the best we'll endings in, in TV. Next, we'll bring that up in the next episode. Um, but yeah, so questions and answers. Obviously, there's no answers this time, but we'll keep a list. And every time something is answered, we'll tick it off and say, "Hey, they answered this question in season two. Um, and then at the end, we'll kind of review it and see, well, how many questions actually weren't answered in the show. Um, and obviously not little tiny things like what happened to Beth and like stuff like that. Um, but, you know, just the major things. So I've got three for this episode. I'm not sure if you took note one. of any of them. All right. So you give me your one and I'll tell you some of the others. Okay. My number one question that I want answered at some point throughout all of Lost is who did Kimberly Joseph get along with best on the cast of Lost? <laughs> and uh, at this point, I'm going to guess it was Matthew Fox, but uh, we might get that answered at some point. I honestly think we could get Kimberly Joseph on the show. Yeah, <laughs> Don't think she's up too much. Uh, <laughs> she hasn't been in anything since a short called Fickle Bickle, um, which I haven't watched yet, but uh, I'm sure it's oh, yeah. great. But uh, coming soon to the Oz Network. So, yeah, there you go. That's that's my question, <laughs> which, um, yeah, TV's <laughs> esteemed actress Kimberly Joseph we hope to catch up with at one point. Stop mocking Kimberly Joseph. I like Kimberly Joseph. Yeah, she's great. She's fine. There's nothing wrong with Kimberly Joseph. Uh, but any... Did you... Take no, I legitimately don't. I mean, look, I, 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 I don't doubt any of mine would be the same. I'm gonna. You're the lost expert here, so uh, if I think of one, a serious one, I'll... I'll Say one at the end, right, please. Well, you have well, your three. You're, you're the organised person, so you can take keep the the running. Oh, do I have to write these down? Oh, okay. I didn't realise yeah. it was homework. Uh. <laughs> uh, so I think the most obvious one from this episode is why did the plane crash? Um, 
And obviously, we will get an answer to that. But at the moment, it's a question. Why did the plane crash? Um, another one is, what happened to the tail section? Of course, we will get an answer to that as well. And the third one, what is the monster? Which, of course, we'll get an answer to that one as well. But they're the three major kind of questions that come up, I think, from this episode. And um, I think I think the important thing that you should point, uh, we should point out with this as well is like... Um, yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, if you want to be completely nitpicky and anal, there's about seven hundred and seventy thousand questions. You know, that yeah, you could ask. Course. Where did Jack get his tattoos from? Uh, like, <laughs> who is Saeed? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like who's who's old man Gummy? What was his name? Old Gummy Joe. Yep. Um, but I mean, obviously, yeah. We, we, I don't think we'll be that anal. Obviously, we need the major, major ones. And I think, I mean, there might not necessarily be ones in every episode. Um, I and I think obviously we'll do our season recaps and maybe you know see if we've got answers for them there. But um. Yeah, I think um, for the most part, yeah, I'd agree. I don't, I can't really think of any serious um, <laughs> more than those three. Again, Kim Johnson, but um, yeah, where's Vincent? <laughs> Just before we get into the ratings, I do have this book with me, and I won't read it out every episode. But there's these books that there's five of them that came out. Uh, they're by esteemed author Nikki Stafford, uh, author Nikki of. <laughs> Bite Me, An Unofficial Guide at the World of Buffy and Uncovering Alias, An Unofficial Guide. Uh, See, I only touch book- official guides. I'm a bit anal that way. <laughs> she wrote these books called Finding Lost and she writes like essays for every single episode as well as that. She kind of adds in things like appearances of the numbers, did you notice this, highlights of the episode, interesting facts. So if there's anything interesting um, that shows up, throughout these then i'll read them um i guess from this one i think these ones i always find interesting but i'm a nerd uh, obviously a lot of sun and jin is untranslated um and i always wonder like i want a korean person to tell me what is jin saying in all these episodes um but basically when they're hiding you know when they're hiding under the piece of the plane in the rain oh, and that's one of my favorite scenes when they with jin's dick <laughs> He's like, no, no, yeah. no, go away. I love that yeah, Well, that's pretty much what he's saying. The translation of what he says is, no, 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 there's no room for you. Go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> Tibet was like, so, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. So al- along the way, I'll I'll read out some of those translations if you want. I think they're fun, but maybe I'm the only one. Um, I'm with you there. I mean, I, like, I've always wondered that in shows. Because Breaking Bad, didn't they famously not subtitle the Spanish sequences in one of the seasons or something like that? Or yeah, something like that. Maybe it was all of them. But, I mean, it's kind of, I think I ended up watching a version of Breaking Bad where they did have the subtitles, but I mean, it. Uh, I think famously they, they, Vince Gilligan deliberately did that to try and immerse you in the scene. So, like, yeah, I've always wondered that with that. So, I think that that's interesting things, particularly if like they, you know, you think he's saying like, no, no, go away, and he's probably saying like, bring me a banana, bring me a banana, yeah, come I'm in, so- come in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think Finding Lost will have some interesting things along the way. Not every episode, but if I see something in the book that's interesting, I'll read it out. And if I, I'll find something. I've got the other version, of course. It's called um, Losing Found. So, if uh, I find anything in that one, I'll let you know. Lost Wiki is great as well. I recommend going to it. We won't read everything. It's better there, than Survivor Wiki. The yeah, font used on the shirt of Oceanic <laughs> Airlines is... It's actually really, really in-depth, Lost Wiki, so... We won't read everything, but I recommend going it. They've got pages for all the episodes. All right, let's get into our ratings for this episode. Um, buy it. Yeah, buy oh, sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great sense of suspense there, but I didn't so, buy it. <laughs> you buy it, you rent it, you bin it. Um, Sounds like yeah, we're both buying it. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> remembering those. <laughs> I'm buying it. I'm buying this on Blu-ray. I'm buying this on DVD. I'm buying this on iTunes, I'm buying Netflix and watching it on there. 
Uh, I don't know if maybe this just was too late for VHS. I think it just missed out. But if there is a VHS, I'm buying it there. I'm Beta buying it everywhere. Laserdisc. Yeah. This episode really, it's flawless. I, I just can't say enough good things about the pilot. But yeah, it's an absolute buy from me. I think this is a flawless episode. Uh, so I'm buying it. You're buying it. Yeah, uh, nothing really to add. I mean, I think kind of, again, you sold it very well. And um, it, it, it's just, it, it, and it holds up. It holds up. I mean, we're watching this, you know, to date this episode 13 years later. And, I mean, just, it still holds up. The explosions and just everything along those lines, just all the, everything about this is so tense and it just holds up so, so well. Um, so, and, and particularly in this golden age of television, which, you know, you'd argue this is right at the beginning of that. Uh, we're, we're just, we're spoiled for choice when it comes to binge watching, um, and just kind of wanting to keep watching shows like this. So for 100% assurity, buy it, not even a question. Uh, and I would challenge anybody out there who, even if you've never seen Lost before, you live in Noah's fantasy land to like actually come out and say that this isn't a buy it. Cause I think you're a dickhead if that's the case, but anyway. Yeah. And if you hate Lost, like just watch the pilot and just ignore the rest of the series and just yeah. objectively watch the pilot. And if you say you don't buy it, like, no. And just to clarify, I don't actually think you're a dickhead, but, um, I mean, you just, you're not very smart. <laughs> is it better saying dickhead or so? I don't know. Stop digging yourself a hole, Ben. <laughs> this is why people cancel not coming on the show anymore. It's, um, all right, before we get too lost with this, uh, we should wrap it up. Uh, I feel like we rushed it. We talked a lot, but I feel like we rushed this. So maybe one day we'll revisit the pilot because there's just so much to talk about. But we'll cover a lot that we didn't cover later on. Uh, but other than that, I think it's a really great kickoff. I love this episode. I think it's a great way. I'm so excited. Even more now that we've done one episode, I just want to watch them all and talk about them all now. Like There's just so much in this show uh, that we've only scratched the surface. So... Yeah, Ben, I, hopefully it's going to be a, a fun uh, journey in Lost Land. I'm excited. Um, I mean, I'll just be a dick and say, no, I don't. I hope it's shit and we <laughs> really uh, not have fun with it. But no, I completely well, agree Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can't use any nicknames. We didn't get any nicknames in this episode. <laughs> no. We'll get some next one, though. So, um, Lard ass. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Make sure... To give us some feedback, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, if you're a Lost fan, I'd love to just talk to you. I don't know anyone in real life that likes it other than Ben, so uh, talk to <laughs> you me said about it like Lost. it's a bad thing other than <laughs> Ben. <laughs> Only Ben, so I had to do this podcast with him. But, um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe as well to the Oz Network and great start for the beginning of a new project that I'm so excited for, Ben. Me too, Noah. Thank you. Uh, yes, I agree. And yeah, peace out. Terrific. Uh, and um, uh, if you've got any more baby stuff, then come back at us. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>